What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3 FN Podcast. And of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are reviewing the brand new Sony Pictures extravaganza, Madam Web, for the 3FN Movie Club review. But before we get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are actually all here this week. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, first up, the man who missed last week, but I can tell you it all came back negative, except for one thing, but we're not going to talk about that on the air. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron... I swear it's not the hip. I swear. I swear. I swear. I swear it's not the hip. It's super AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he's the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko. Because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Well, that beard's looking a little light these days. At least it's growing back, though, because it was real creepy when it was gone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. Oh, my life story is going to be brought to you by Sony Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, uh, if there was a, not already a movie called Trainwreck, you'd be in. <laughs> Did it? Although, even if your life story was tremendous, it would still be a train wreck handled by Sony Pictures. <laughs> With that being said, Rod, how's been your week? And, of course, uh, are you feeling a lot better than uh, the week before? I am feeling... Hundred times better than the week before. I still got some, you know, congestion and all that fun stuff. So if you hear me in a lotion's in my mouth, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> you know, it is a thing. Uh, other than that, didn't really do much. It was just work, go home, sleep, work, go home, sleep. Try to fight this cold off. You know, barely made it to see Madam Web. We'll talk about that later. Um, you know, but we didn't even play Wednesday or Wednesday group last week. But the week before, we played and had the most epic roll for double ones. The fail. <laughs> because it was one of those things where I had advantage because Barbarian, Reckless Attack, and I don't know if the Tomb of Annihilation dice sets that were downstairs, I yeah. don't know if anybody else, they, came, they come with a coin. And I got the uh, Spear of Annihilation coin, which is a metal coin in whatever, and I use it for my inspiration yep. coin because what else am I going to use it for? And literally I rolled the dice and the the one rolls over to the left and it's, it's a one. And then... It, the one hits the Spear of Annihilation die and it, it's sliding across the die and it's a 20 until it gets to the other side and it just rolls off the die and off the mat to a 1. I'm like, oh, that's so epic that Spear of Annihilation just totally boned me yep. and I'm okay with it. It was amazing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you got to take those those losses that way with a grain of salt, but it was funny, funny how it worked. You got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Diesel, how's been your week? Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. Uh Really haven't been doing too much, just doing the work and work, um, doing the both jobs. Been relatively quiet, though, so got that going for me, and the things that we do for you people. <laughs> uh, I played golf with the Dalai Lama once. He told me I'd be blessed, so 
I got that going for me. I wish that was true. I don't even have that going for me. God damn it. Anyways, uh, yeah, my week's been fine. I didn't do too much. I mean, uh, I've been uh, in, I've been video editing. Uh, a great video coming out. Nerd Initiatives uh, YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, by the way, speaking of crossing nerdums, uh, it was for the the second volume of Minor Threats. It's a comic book. It's called The Fastest Way Down. Is the second volume is called. It is coming to you in April, April third. But uh, we did an interview with Jordan Blum, uh, who is one of the writers on the book. The artist on the book, Scott Hepburn, and more importantly, the last writer on the book, the uh, nerd hero, Patton Oswalt. Nice. Very Amazing. good video. Came out today, and I worked very hard on that. So please go to Nerd Initiative's YouTube channel and check it out, especially if you're a comic book fan. Minor Threats is really, really cool, so check yes. that out. Uh, and we got more great stuff coming up. We got some really great interviews lined up for the comics division, of course, doing the wrestling stuff. So I'll get it out of the way. Nerdinitiative.com for all your pop culture positivity. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm working over there as well as doing what we do here. And, of course, every Thursday night, if you're a pro wrestling fan, tune into the uh, Nerd Initiative YouTube channel live and chat with us for Wrestling Night Live every Thursday, 8 p.m eastern standard time and if you can't watch it live it's on replay it's not like we take it down so go ahead join the comments we love to have people so if you're looking for that pro wrestling ish especially this week's big week elimination chamber perth australia nice 5 a.m start time <laughs> saturday morning 5 a.m 4 30 if you're watching the pre-show uh, i will be up watching we'll i'll see a breakfast pizza and do a watch party <laughs> dude i'm gonna i'm gonna be up to watch uh i i'm gonna i'm gonna have a cup of coffee a couple cups of coffee <laughs> Then another cup of coffee, then an energy drink. I don't know if we're going live after because, I mean, that's a little early because I feel like the show is probably going to end around 8 a.m. Yeah. So I feel like it's a little early. So I might we might just do a, a recorded one later on for our results because, hell, you know, maybe I'll do a little something, something myself just to put up there in the world and then do it. So I got to decide on that because, like, 8 a.m. is a little early for people to be tuning in to chat with me about uh, <laughs> the, 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 the show. So a lot of people I don't think are going to watch it live, yeah. which is fine. That's why the peacock exists, folks. Watch it at your own leisure. Watch it at your own leisure. So with that being said, I hope everybody out there had an awesome week as well. But before we can dive in and have some fun with uh, our whatever you want to consider it, with the 3FN Movie Club review of Madam Web, and of course, opening up the show with uh, Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. We gotta pay some bills, so we gotta hit those opening shameless plugs. And of course, uh, if you would like to find out any information at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. You go to 3FNPodcast.com. There you'll find all our social media links. You'll find the Tee Public link. You'll find the link to patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. And of course, you help support everything we do. While you're there, check out friends of the show like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. And of course, Nerd Initiative. So give all that a try right there at 3FNPodcast.com. On top of all of that, there's the musical directory. And that musical directory features the bands that allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs. But first of all, big shout out to Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song you hear each week in the beginning of the 3FN podcast. So shout outs to them and to every other great band there. And make sure you support all those great bands on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, there is a sponsorship section. Those are the people who allow us to do this show commercial free so we don't have to take, you know, shillings from other places to, you know, keep the lights on. But we want to give them a quick shout out right now for our local sponsor here in the 607, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you live in the 607 and you're ready to put the pride back into your ride, Diesel, what number do you call? 607-644-3389. And of course, uh, we have our good friends at Dubby Energy, the official energy drink of the 3FN podcast. Go to dubby.gg, that's D-U-B-B-Y 
www.3fnpod.gg. And at checkout, use the promo code 3FNPOD. That's the number three, F-N-P-O-D, for 10% off of every order. Next up, we got Sci-Fi Horror Fest coming to you in August. Of course, it's coming to you from the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. But more importantly than that, Diesel, go to SciFiHorrorFest.com for all of your information about who's coming, vendor spots, which are almost sold out, and so much more, and a huge announcement for a guest on March the 1st. And trust me, you're not going to miss that and want to miss that one because it could be traumatic if you miss it. And last but certainly not least, our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. They, you can visit them on the World Wide Web at DragonMasterGames.com for all of your Magic the Gathering gaming needs. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through, make sure you follow their page on Facebook, Dragon Master Games, to find out what's going on in the shop and also say hi to Diesel. I, I saw your face. You, you like the little uh, tease? The little tease I did? Because there is. I, I, I obviously know who's coming. <laughs> Anyways, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's going to do it for the opening stuff. If you forgot anything I said there, because sometimes I do rush a little bit, just go to 3FNPodcast.com and it's got your hookup. Like Big Papa Pump. I still have to come up with a better one than that. But as a wrestling fan, I feel like... Scott Steiner is, is my spirit animal. It's true. Although Aww. I've never slipped off an apron. Yeah. <laughs> I did rip my pants once when I was a ring announcer. That's a whole other story for another day. But we don't have time for that. We got to dive into the show that these folks would like to see. And you know how we like to kick the fun off, Diesel. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. We actually have three newcomers on the list for the top five this week. Holy shit, buy a lotto ticket. So, coming in at number five, debuting, the second batch of episodes from The Chosen Season uh, uh, Episode 4. Congratulations, <laughs> moviegoers, you finally got it out of the top three. Like, I don't know how the fuck that's well, going well, on. Well, this is a new batch. <laughs> well, I understand this, but still, out of the top three, the, the other batch was in the top three for, like, three weeks. Ugh. Staying on the list for its ninth week, Migration with another $3.8 million. Speaking of which, one of the stars from this movie also was a voice of Migration. We'll talk about that in the 3FM Movie Club review. For its third week on the list, Argyle pulls in another $4.7 million. You know, when you sit back and you realize Argyle was the most fun movie we've seen this year so far in 2024, and I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying it was the most fun movie we've seen, like new movie. I'm not talking about the older ones we've reviewed. Debuting at number two, the movie we'll be talking about. And this one's a little complicated because the number one and two spots have the extended over opening weekend. Because they open on Wednesday. But for the weekend gross, $15 million for Madam Web. For the to- <laughs> with a total gross of $26 million for its opening. <laughs> Continue on. And in the number one spot. With a weekend gross of $28 million, but a total gross of $51 million, Bob Marley, One Love. <laughs> Look at that. They made more in the weekend than Madam Webb did in the extended week. Yeah. <laughs> Diesel, what's up coming to the box office? All now? right. Coming out this week on February 23rd, we have Drive Away Dolls, Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yaba. Do a good job of saying that, by the way. I just want to finish that again. And Ordinary Angels. Well, uh, next week we will not be doing any of the new movies, sorry. Uh, instead, we, we've we almost forgot to do this, and this is a movie that's been on our docket. So we're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Fanboys. Because I feel like that's a movie 
that this podcast yes. can relate to and peek behind the curtain even after I rewatch it I guarantee the movie won't get anything less than a four even if it isn't as good the nostalgia level I'm just going to tell you my bias ahead of time <laughs> just because I love that movie and what it stands for there's one scene in that film if you haven't seen it in a while I'm not going <laughs> to give it away this week because if you've never seen it I watch it there's one scene in that movie that brings it to a four by itself <laughs> and I think these gentlemen know exactly what scene I'm talking about uh, it's, well, a, it's in a convenience store oh yeah 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> By the way, I kept forgetting that it was 20 years, and then I remembered, oh, dumb, you dumbass. It came out the same year as Phantom Menace, because that's the fucking plot of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, like, like, because remember when I was stumbling last week, and I'm like, well, is it 20th or 15th or 10th? I don't remember. And I'm just like, it came out the same fucking year as Phantom Menace. It's the plot line of the goddamn movie. And I f- totally fumbled on that, so I apologize for last week. And then coming out on the following week, on March 1st, there's only one major debut, Dune Part 2. Dune Part 2 and Diesel, what will be the 3FN Movie Club review that week? Dune Part 2. Diesel, what is your most anticipated movie of 2024? Dune Part 2. <laughs> I'm go. really looking forward to he this is. one. He's really looking forward to it. the special popcorn box. By the way, that, that was very, unless you have a monster cock, you cannot use that as a fleshlight. Because I saw the full, like, it looked tiny. Challenge accepted. Yeah, well, you ain't going to feel nothing but the sidewalls, brother. Did you, did you, have you seen the full-size bucket? Like, I swear to God, when we saw it, it looked like a fleshlight, like what we yeah. all made fun of. But then I saw the full size, and I'm like, holy shit. Like that's like if you're fist like like you yeah. Yeah. I mean I, if you're fucking if you're rocking the the Tommy Lee cock okay all right okay. I, I I don't, no Tommy Lee doesn't have the girth that's needed for this one Mandingo yes okay there you go yeah oh. maybe, maybe a little bit of uh, Shorty Mac yeah don't don't worry we know male porn stars too <laughs> with, that, with that being said though Diesel it is now time for the signature move what is this week's top three your top three favorite female centric casts. I wrote these down, and I do have them in order. And I, I, by the way, I went across the spectrum on this. My number three is actually one of, a movie that I haven't watched in a while, but I used to love watching this when it was on. The First Wives Club. Okay. Bat Midler. Oh, nope. yeah. Nope. Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking I, I, nope. Goldie Hawn and, yeah, uh, yeah Diane Su- Surprisingly funny movie. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I love that fucking movie. It, it shouldn't speak to me, but it does. Uh, n- number two, though. In, in going into like an epic drama, Waiting to Exhale. Oh, nice. Okay, Waiting to nice. Exhale, man. And then number one, and it brought up this month because I just fucking saw this movie. Like, I didn't see the whole movie. I caught the tail end of it, and I love this movie. Fucking set it off. Oh, okay. yeah. Nice. Queen Latifah, yep. Jada Pinkett Smith. I don't. I think she was just Jada Pinkett at the time, yeah. though. <laughs> and man, like gangbang chick. Gangbang. Oh, gang that sounds so bad. <laughs> gangbanger chicks. Uh, and not in that way, you weirdos. It's to get your mind out the gutter. But like they they rob banks. Yep. <laughs> like they, it was. It's it's like dead presidents with women, and it's fucking amazing. If you've never seen Set It Off, yes. And there's no gangbang. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to remember when ga- we talk about guys being gangbangers. It's a whole other meaning. <laughs> well, unless you're in prison. Uh, shout out to Danny Masterson who is uh, trying to get away from getting gang banged in prison. Yeah, he's been but transferred I mean, like three times already. Right yeah, here. because I guess he's uh, got the ire of a gang. And uh, I'm not going to talk about which gang it is off yeah. there. We can talk about it on Patreon. But yeah, he's got the ire of a gang. And trust me, uh, I was uh, somebody did a video online where they're like his butthole's on the line. And for what he did, he deserves every fucking <laughs> inch of that. So uh, let it happen. I'm just saying. I, we don't stand for that shit here. So fuck him. Yeah. Let him get let him get what he deserves. A good hard uh, thrusting. Well, hopefully he doesn't sit well after that either. <laughs> oh, he, he probably won't. Uh, Ron, what's your top three? Uh, number three, I'm going with Sisters Act. 
Ooh, so good, good, good one. I, I love the original. Not yep. gonna lie. Uh, going with Bridesmaids for number two. Nice. And then A League of Their Own for number one. Ooh, very nice. Great movie. I love League of Their Great Own. Great movie. Diesel. All right. Honorable mention to my, one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, The Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, obviously. I'm surprised that's not your number one. <laughs> but coming in at number three, we're going to go with Last Night in Soho. Great movie. Nice. And then number two and number one, share a common director. But we're going to go with Lady Bird. Okay. And then Barbie. Nice. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. Uh, still not up for an Oscar. Go figure. <laughs> fuck, fuck. What's wrong with this world? All right. Well, that is the top three this week. If you want to hit us up with your top threes, just go to the uh, 3FN uh, social medias. Find that at 3FNpodcast.com. Eventually, we'll get good enough that we'll put it up beforehand so you guys can uh, go in. And even for our patrons, like I just feel sometimes like we just don't. Uh, whatever. We're going to get there. We're, I'm working on it. Slowly but surely. My days are getting busier. But yet, I'm still trying to advance things. Just, just, just don't pick on me. Anyways, now that we've entered Diesel's movie triple stuff, and we've exited it, sorry, we're going to enter the 3FN Movie Club Review. Welcome to 3FN Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it's now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review! And this week, we went to see the brand new Sony Pictures movie, Madam Web. We'll see if I can make this sound more exciting like I did ISS. Challenge accepted, I guess. <laughs> With that being said, thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time or if you forgot what happens when we review new movies, we're going to give you a friendly reminder. But if it is your first time, please go back and listen to some of our older reviews. And also stick around because we have some really awesome movies coming up this year between the older films and the new movies coming out to theaters near you. Uh, so this is how it works when we're doing new films on the 3FM Movie Club Review. We separate into two sections, spoiler free and spoiler full and they are separated by a break and then there's even a final warning even so there's whatever so on the spoiler free side of things diesel is going to give you his spoiler free synopsis i am then going to tell you the stats of the movie including who made the movie who starred in the movie and then we are going to end the spoiler free section with a thumbs up thumbs in the middle or thumbs down spoiler free recommendation at that point we're going to take a break when we come back, we'll give you one final warning with a spoiler warning before diving into the full spoiler review of Madam Web. And then we will play the game to find out the scores from around the internet. Trust me, they're not good. And last but certainly not least, we'll finally give our scores. So with that saying, are you gentlemen ready to get the ball rolling for the 3FN Movie Club review of Madam Web? Oh yeah, let's go. All right, Diesel, I believe. Man, I got a story to tell. New York City paramedic Cassandra Webb, after having a brush with death, realizes she has clairvoyant powers. It does not take the viewer clairvoyant powers to realize this movie sucks. <laughs> wow, you're not even burying the lead here, sir. Uh, of course, Madam Webb was released on Valentine's Day, February 14, 2024, with a runtime of 116 minutes. Uh, the budget of this film was estimated at $80 million. I would like to point this out because I pointed this out to other people. 80, when something is $80 million, that just counts like how what it costs to make the movie. It does not count the ad campaigns. Yes. Usually, rule of thumb, the ad campaign is is somewhere between half to to, to double the amount. So it's, it's somewhere between 120 to $160 million, depending upon how much they spent on advertisements. 
So just so you guys know, even if it came close to 80 million, it still doesn't make money. It still would have to clear pretty much double its money. So that's just a little rule of thumb there. Uh, the box office on this movie, $25.8 million domestically, as Diesel told you, from Wednesday through, and an international worldwide total of $51.5 million uh, for the movie on its opening weekend. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're coming close to that 80, but I feel like there's going to be a steep drop-off in week number two. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into the directors and stuff, I do want to make a quick statement, though, because obviously Diesel's already left a cat out of the bag, and I'm sure all <laughs> you guys have eyes and stuff. And I, I do want to say this about the movie, and this is no spoilers, this is nothing, but I just think it's a statement that I think we should make, because I think the, the people here at this table would like to get this out. Uh, this movie, I've heard some of the hate from the movie go back to the people that we always love, that always like, when would you see what happens when you let women lead movies? No, motherfucker, Barbie was a woman-led movie, and it was fucking phenomenal. The Marvels was very entertaining. You can't pick and choose. You know what happened to this movie? I'm just going to say it up front. Sony happened to this movie. <laughs> We and Diesel went over a list, and we found that the last good Sony film, what, what did we come up with, Jumanji? Jumanji, the sequel, I think, which was 2017, so pre-pandemic was the last time they had a solid movie. Right, and we're not counting the Spider-Man movies, because let's be honest, we know Marvel makes them, <laughs> and they just get to make money off of them. The actual Spider-Man MCU films. Yeah. So that's why I'm not counting them. So come on, guys. Let's just be honest here. And, and I just thought that that was like the discourse because that's not why we no. didn't dig this movie. Could be there was five fucking writers. And the five writers came up with three different stories before landing on what well, we know of. There was two other ideas and then this. And it didn't seem like they changed the movie. They just tried to cut around it. And what they couldn't cut around, they redubbed. But we'll talk more about that. <laughs> In the fucking review. So I just want to throw it out there. Diesel, am I wrong? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not part of like the the MCU controversy or anything or like that. Or the MCU. Yeah. yeah, that one. Um, because I don't subscribe to that. Like like you said, like the Marvels was surprisingly super entertaining. And that was, you know, a, by far a female-led film. It has nothing to do with that. I actually think most of the actresses did phenomenal in this. Most. Um, it just was so disjointed and... I'm not falling into the, the that whole category of things of yeah. why this movie failed. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in the review. I just want to get that out of the way just because it's just kind of like, I just get tired of seeing that shit. It's just like, listen, man, it's not about the movie or who's in the movie. It's about how it's wrote, how it's directed. Like, you can only do so much. Sometimes you're just served a big steaming pile of shit. And when a Sony's on the picture, let's be honest. And that's what why I chose the uh, top three for this week because don't want this to get lost in the shuffle and have that be the reason why people think this sucks. Absolutely. So <laughs> now that we go there, let's find out Diesel. Who made this shit? That's right. Uh, and uh, the director of this film, S.J. Clarkson, uh, this was her first movie. Yep. The first movie she's directed. Uh, she is also listed as a screen, uh, doing the screenplay. Also, first movie that she's credited for a screenplay. Probably part of the problem. Nothing against her. Just saying, first time director in an $80 million budgeted film. Could be some problems. Uh, you either sink or swim there. Here's the rest of the writers. Uh, for screenplay and story, we have a writing duo of Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. Uh, the two of them are a writing team, and they have wrote their first movie was Dracula Untold in 2014. <laughs> And, oh, ready for it, Ron? You want to know what else they wrote? Gods of Egypt. Yep. Remember how big that movie was allegedly? Uh, Power Rangers. Rangers. Yep. And Diesel, just for you, Morbius. Morbius. 
Gotta show Morbius some respect after this one. <laughs> but Diesel, are you wondering why this movie was in the shape it was in? Because these guys have done nothing but write bombs. Big box office money yeah. bombs. Like all of those movies cost a lot of money to make and they all bombed. And it, not all of them were in the pandemic era. Kudos for these guys, though. For whoever Keeping you got, their job somehow? Whoever you got photos of, man, keep making that money. <laughs> I just want to point out, they're killing the shit out of Kevin Smith's thing about how you can, you as long as you make your money back, you can keep your job forever. These guys are still <laughs> writing movies, and they have no, done nothing but write bombs. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if that's a bad judgment, I don't care. Like, write a movie that's fucking good, and then I'll give you a credit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there has no been no lies spoken because of those movies listed none of them were box office draws and they all cost a lot of money to make yep. i also want to point out giving a shout out and as i've been to our, our good friend joey over the so wizard podcast i think that the other is true he always says that if you make three good movies then you get a pass for life and we, i agree with that rule that's why we've called it the joey rule i think jo i i I'm not i don't want to speak for him i'll have to talk to him after but i think if you make three really shitty movies and no good movies we should just call that too. <laughs> you just did. And these guys, woo. And it ain't Ric Flair. Uh, next <laughs> up uh, on the screenplay, probably sent in to fix this shit, was uh, Claire Parker. And this was her first movie. Hard, hard one there. And last but not least, the story of this movie, which I'm assuming would be the original story, I could be wrong, was Karim Sanga. Uh, Trigger Finger in 2012, First Girl I Loved in The Violent Heart. So the wrote very good movies because uh, First Girl I Loved in The Violent Heart are both like really touted artsy flicks. Yeah. Something up your alley, Diesel. Uh, next up, Director of Photography. And now here's where this one gets weird because the Director of Photography of this film has some real good joints and some real terrible ones. Uh, so it would be Mauro Fiora. And Mauro Fiora's first movie, Automation in 1986. And then Get Carter. Okay. Training Day, All right. okay. Tears of the Sun, Smoking Aces, Ooh. The Kingdom, okay. The Aviator, no, Avatar, sorry, the next person, Avatar, Real Steel, <laughs> okay. The Equalizer, All right. Dark Phoenix, yeah, it was shot well, but the last one, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Okay. Um, well, we'll save my uh, talk for this one into the uh, actual spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> And then the composer for this film, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this because I always do that with Scandinavian names. Uh, John Soderquist, uh, first movie a Agnes Cecilia in 1991. Most of his stuff was done in Scandinavia. Uh, this one wasn't though. Things We Lost in the Fire. That was a Halle Berry movie. Yep. I, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, Diesel. And uh, the one that's my favorite on his list that I picked out that was one of his foreign films. He was the composer for Let the Right One In. Oh, nice. So okay. the the actual original version. So. Awesome. Well, now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? So I got some people for the deep dives, and then we got a couple shout-outs as well. Uh, first of all, the star of this movie playing Cassandra Webb, a.k.a. Cassie Webb, Dakota Johnson. First movie Dakota Johnson was in was Crazy in Alabama in 1999. Uh, she was also in The Social Network, 21 Jump Street, Need for Speed, Fifty Shades of Grey, Black Mass, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Freed, the remake of Suspiria, uh, one of our favorites, Diesel, the Peanut Butter Falcon, yep. <laughs> and most recently, Daddy-O. Okay. Yeah, she's got some really great credit oh, yeah. oh, yeah. let's be honest. Well, honestly, she's got a huge career based off what she's already done. So Absolutely. I don't think this movie hurts her at all. 
Uh, speaking of which, as somebody who's on the uprise right now, Sydney Sweeney playing Julia Cornwall. Uh, Sydney Sweeney, uh, first movie, Zombies of Mass Destruction, ZMD in 2009. Uh, she was in Under the Silver Lake, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Anyone But You, which is uh, just left the theaters, I do believe. Yep. So that was the rom-com yep. that came out in the beginning of this year that got a lot of praise. So yep. she was in that as well. Next up, uh, Isabella Merced uh, plays Anya Corazon. Uh, first movie she was in, The House That Jack Built in 2013. Uh, of course, Ron remembers her from Transformers The La- Last Night. Yep. She was in Dora the in The Lost City of Gold, which is also she was the voice of Dora the Explorer in some of the uh, made-for-Nickelodeon movies. I do believe yes. it's Nickelodeon property, right? Uh, Father of the Bride remake. She was the one that had a voice in migration, by the way. Okay. So oh, her nice. voice in migration. But she's got two huge movies upcoming in the next couple years. Later this year, she will be in Alien Romulus. That's the new Aliens movie. And then she will be next year in Superman Legacy. She's playing Hawkgirl, by the way. Oh, nice. I nice. about that. So next up, we got Celeste O'Connor, who played Maddie Franklin. You remember her from her first movie, Wetlands in 2017. But, uh, but let's be honest, most of us remember her from the next two films. The, for the second one was Freaky. Which oh, I know you right. saw a real good movie. Yes. If you, it's not up your alley. It's basically like a Freaky Friday, but horror movie style oh, yeah. with yeah. Vince Vaughn. Uh, she's one of the characters in the movie as well. And then, of course, we know her as Lucky from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yep. She was also most recently in A Good Person. And by the way, upcoming films, she reprises her role as Lucky in Ghostbusters Frozen Empire uh, in a few months, actually, from when we're recording. Next up, it was Tahar Rahim plays Ezekiel Sims. First movie he did uh, in the States, Inside, in 2007. Then he did a ton of, like, Broadway stuff and tape stuff. So, like, he's been he's he's been all over the place. Uh, but most recently, he was in Napoleon this year with yep. Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, next and last for the deep dives, and I know Diesel's a big fan here, Adam Scott, who plays Ben. And we're not saying his last name yet, because that's part of the spoilers, even though they spoil that shit like 10 minutes in. Uh, Hellraiser Bloodline in 1996 was his first film. Star Trek First Contact. The Aviator. See, that's where I mixed it in. Uh, Knocked Up. Step Brothers. Piranha 3D. Black Mass. Krampus. Just to name a few. Uh, I know Diesel's a big Adam Scott. Yeah. And also named Ben in Parks and Recreation. That's yes. right. That's <laughs> correct. That's correct. Uh, we have a, just a couple shout outs. I don't want to go too deep. Uh, playing the role of O'Neill. That's right. Just his last name was Mike Epps. Uh, you know him from uh, the Friday movies. Next yep. Friday and uh, Friday after next, uh, amongst other things. And then, of course, uh, playing Mary, name last name to be said later, uh, is Emma Roberts. And yep. uh, we remember Emma Roberts, uh, Emma Roberts, thank you, from Scream 4, uh, we are, We're the Millers, uh, Nerve, uh, The Art of Getting By, Aquamarine, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we, we've known her for oh, quite a while. I'm a big Emma Roberts, Emma Roberts fan. I don't know why I have, I'm having yeah. problems talking right now. <laughs> I knew she looked familiar. I couldn't place that. I recognized the name, but when you said We're the Millers, I'm like, all right, that's where I knew her. Yep, yep. Yeah, gotcha. We're the Millers. <laughs> all right, We're the Millers. I love that movie. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty solid economy. It's a fucking hilarious movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen that one, check that one out. I love the outtake, though, with the uh, Jennifer Aniston. There's, in the in the uh, actual movie, they play Waterfalls, and the kids start singing it. In the outtake, they start they put on the Friends theme song yeah. and start singing it, and she's just, like, shaking her head at them all. <laughs> so it was like to get her. So yeah. it's, it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, like I said, yeah. definitely check out We Are the Millers. All right. That's going to bring us to our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, spoiler-free recommendation. Remember, spoiler-free. Tell the people if you recommend it or not, starting with you, Ron, and why spoiler-free. Spoiler-free, thumbs down. Don't waste your time. It's a Sony movie. Enough said. Diesel. Thumbs down. 
This makes Morbius look like a goddamn classic. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. We all need to apologize to Matt Smith and Jared Leto and re-release Morbius again. <laughs> no more Morbin time. I don't care. I will apologize. No, no. People uh, oh, are no. saying, trying to say that Matt Smith was like the savior to Morbius. I saw that. That's making the rounds. Lately. I'm like, no. No, no, he was not. But... <laughs> After seeing this, it's more of a time, baby. <laughs> Listen, I like Matt Smith, and I still don't think he's the savior. You know what the savior for that movie is? I fucking think Jared Leto is a sexy beast, and I got to see him with his shirt off, and I still gave that movie a one. <laughs> that should tell you all that means. Uh, I'm also going thumbs down, guys, and uh, I think you guys just encapsulated it. Like, uh, It's a Sony film. And they ain't learned shit. <laughs> so I'm sorry. When we go into the spoiler full review, I guess you'll find out everything you need to know. But with that being said, we're going to take the break. When we come back from the break, we're going to dive into the full spoiler review of Madam Web. All right, guys. This is Jill Whitlow from Night of the Creeps. And you are listening to the incredible... Vivacious Three Fat Nerds. Step in a little social line, lines and dots, depression with self medication. I'm dying to some real bad lines and commas, the kids get smashed on the front line. So take it with that decision, and this one decision in every word. You gotta take you back. Back to 2003. There's only one way to take you back to 2003. Britney Spears Toxic. Why not? I wish I was on the radio because I could be like, up next, Britney Spears Toxic on uh, WFAL. The songs that failed in the early 2000s. Not, not, this was a huge hit in the early 2000s. What are you talking about? Britney Spears was everywhere. Remember when she was the it girl, Diesel? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Diesel, are you still in love with Britney Spears, uh, all things considered? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Is Trailer Trash Britney do it more for you or old school when we were younger? Just the fact that I think in this day and age right now, I have enough riz to get that makes it even hotter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, America's sweetheart, Britney. We had her posters on our walls and stuff. Although I was more of a Christina Aguilar kind yeah, of guy. She was too dirty. Oh, no, I love that. Oh, that dirt. By the way, Liv Morgan did that cosplay for the Royal Rumble. Yes. And I already think Liv Morgan's hot, but whew, I was like, hey, listen. <laughs> Great. By the way, the best part about that song, Dirty, other than how Christina Aguilar is dressed, is the fact that Redman is on it. Yeah. And I love anything that Red Man's a part of. Just throwing it out there. Anyways, let's talk about the movie. That's probably the most fun thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> Actually, no, we're going to make this fun. But I promise, I don't think I can make it sound as good as I made ISS sound. I know there was a couple people who listened to this and then were pissed that I... <laughs> They went to see ISS because of my... And I told everybody. I said, I'm making this movie sound better than what it is. Because <laughs> I have a certain way of selling things. And it, it was not good. We gave it poor scores. You should have... Shouldn't have gone. Anyways, best first act of a movie, by the way. When you peak in the first act, that's never happened before in movie history until that movie. Anyways, I digress. Let's get on, on back on hand. It's time to jump into the full spoiler review for Madam Web. And of course, if you have not seen Madam Web and you do not want the movie spoiled, it, or you know, you just don't want to hear it, which I don't know why, because it's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the movie wasn't good, but uh, fuck it, this is going to be funny. Uh, this is the time to stop the podcast and come back to it after you've seen Madam Web. 
We already recommended you not to see it, but if you still want to, <laughs> buyer beware. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you have seen it or aren't seeing it and just don't give a shit and just want to hear what we're going to rank on, this is your time to shine because we're entering the spoiler zone right about... Now, by the way, I love that Rambo theme, but I always have to pull it back because the second part is way louder than the first part. It's kind of weird. (laughs) All right, so let's dive in. And before we go any further, we mentioned this on Patreon. I'm just going to say it. The biggest problem with this movie is the same problem that we found with some other movies. And uh, Diesel, you eloquently said that it's when you take a D-list character. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let you rant for a second, but I'm going to say this. Ain't no motherfucker on this planet asked for a Madam Web movie. No. And here we are. So that could be the first reason this movie failed because nobody wanted it. Diesel, go ahead. Well, and Devil's Advocate on that one point is we didn't know that we wanted Guardians of the Galaxy, but this character, like one, if you even knew about this character, you didn't care. You have such a wealth of characters in the Spider-Man universe where you could literally take any other character at random and put out. Well, as long as Sony's not doing it, make a better movie. But to have this movie, which is based in a Spider-Man world, and just absolutely do nothing, not even pull anything like good in, was horrible. Like nobody cares about Madam Web. I remember when this news broke and we were still doing like the movie news portion. We were all just like, "Who wants this? Nobody wants this." I just want to say this, and I mean this with all the love and respect in the world. I'm at the point where I'm like, fuck James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy. You know why? (laughs) Because that is what makes people think that they can make any fucking movie they want. Like, seriously. Now, mind you, I love the movies and I love James Gunn, and I hope he does an amazing job with the relaunch of DC, and in particular, Superman Legacy, right? Because I'm I'm excited for this. Until it's proven otherwise, I'm excited because he hasn't really let me down, James Gunn, that is. I'm even a fan of Brightburn. I know me and Rod both like Brightburn. I wish that it would have done better in the box office so we could have gotten more because I thought that the dark Superman tale was fucking amazing. And which gives me hope that maybe he wants to pull that card again and just does Injustice. If he does an Injustice film down the road, I'm I'm even more in. But anyways, I digress. And the only reason I'm saying fuck him is because, listen, he made those movies good and we all enjoyed them. And it's literally that was the moment that they thought, oh, well, now we can just pull any fucking character we want. And, like, literally, it's, it, the MCU has done it, and it's, it's you know, let's be honest, this last phase of the MCU was pretty lackluster. Yeah. And now they have to switch horses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean they, they are getting some good news because they, hey, they, they realize, and I, I'm going to say this, they realize that they, I don't think that they're superhero fatigue. I think they're shitty movie fatigue. And I think sure. that a lot of these shitty movies wrap themselves in a comic book uh, movie uh, shell. So I don't, uh, people still want to go see good comic book movies. At the end of the day, uh, for the people who treated it fairly, the Marvels was entertaining. Was it the best movie in the MCU history? Absolutely not. But it was entertaining. So I think a lot of people came out of that saying that. We've had some other good comic book movies. Spider-Man No Way Home comes to mind, speaking of something in Spider-Man universe. So like there was still some since the fatigue allegedly set on that still did great. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was a good movie. The, we've had some of the best villains even in the shittier movies uh, for the MCU. The whole thing is I think that Marvel has realized that maybe it's not the superhero fatigue, but like I said, it's shitty movie fatigue. And because everybody rushed out to make more stuff, and Sony just was like, hold my beer. Like, if you see that DC is taking the year off, other than the shit that they had to put out because it was already in the can, right? 
And fucking Marvel has pretty much taken the year off because the only thing they're putting out is Deadpool versus Wolverine, which is direct. It's it is the MCU, but it's MCU adjacent. Pretty yeah. much, they're going to have them kill the fucking 20th Century Fox films. Yeah. Let's be honest; you might as well have called it Deadpool kills the 20th Century yeah. Fox. Okay. <laughs> Because that's what I think they're doing and what they're yeah. going for. They might have an MCU tie-in, which is alleged to happen. But we'll find out because there's a ton of alleges. That's why I'm not even jumping in speculation about that film. But I think there's a reason it was designed that way. After they got knocked on their ass and then after the whole thing that happened with Jonathan Majors, I think they went, okay, we need to take a step back and we need to just put out the things that people like this year. That's why we're getting Deadpool versus Wolverine and we're getting the uh, Daredevil Born Again show. Yeah. That is exactly why. And then they brought back our favorites from Netflix. Those are the only two things really on the docket this year for Marvel, period, as far as entertainment goes. Sorry, not comic books, obviously, but for movies and TV. If you think about it, that's by design. Yeah, and even Bob Iger said at the quarterly earnings report that they were focused more on quality over quality, and they're pulling back now so they can increase the quality because they're not happy with how things have been going. Yeah, and I just want to throw this out there. I know we're doing this before we talk about the movie, and I think it has to belong there. You know that Marvel got to see this movie. I'm talking about the Disney side of Marvel. And there's no surprise that we got the leaked photos from Daredevil Born Again. We got the, well, we were going to get it anyways because of the Super Bowl commercial. But still, we got not just the Super Bowl commercial, but we got some other revealing from uh, Deadpool versus Wolverine. And then we got the Fantastic Four announcement. Yeah. And and you don't think that that was because they didn't know what was going to happen with Sony? They knew Madam Web was was a box of shit. So fucking Disney goes, we have to do some damage control on our end. And so let's give the people something to be excited for in 2025 when we're going to give you the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And and great, by the way, great. You know, we don't do news, but great casting. Right? Yeah, we do. Great casting. All around. Great casting all the way around. Uh, so with that being said, though, like, this is why this movie is it was already up against it. So you were already up against everything. Not to mention it's a Sony film. And we all know how Sony films are. They're, they're fucking the shites. Like, I'm sorry. They just are. It's just, it's a terrible place to be. So anyways, uh, that's, I I just want to get that out of the way because I know we're going to be brutal. There's, everybody knows we're going to be brutal. I, I, there's no fucking whatever. And I'm not going to go through the whole movie. This is really going to be like overviews where we can just kind of shit on things that we can bring up personally and then go into likes and dislikes, which will be short because of this, because literally the most damning thing I can say for this movie, I don't remember everything that happened in this movie because it was so like blah yeah like the biggest thing i can say for this movie the biggest negative is it it, and here's and and this is going to make sense to those of you listen a while one of the reasons i dislike quantum mania one of the big negatives of quantum mania is it made it didn't make a difference you at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie you were in the same fucking spot pretty much yes this movie is kind of the same yeah you're in the same spot. Everything that happens in between. At least with Quantum Mania, we got to see some really cool creatures and some really cool fight scenes. I have holes. Right. We don't get that in this movie. So the things that save Quantum Mania to make it like a three, they're gone. I'm sorry. Am I wrong? No. Nope. Without spoiling it, the Peruvian Spider-Man. Oh, that, that comes right up in the beginning. So let's just say like this. So this movie opens in 1973. Okay. <laughs> It opens in 1973, and we get uh, we get Cassandra Webb's mom. Like we at the time, we just you just figure it out on your own. Obviously, it's easy. And she's there with Ezekiel Sims, and at the time, Ezekiel is her bodyguard. We have no reason to think that he's anything nefarious at this point in juncture. 
and she is pregnant. And the first thing I look at Diesel for is literally there's a line. He like she's having pains, and she's like, "Oh, she just won't let me work." And Ezekiel Sim seems worried. He's like, "You know, you should sit down and rest." And she literally goes, "This kid isn't going to stop me from my mission." What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, okay, but that mother of the year. Yep. So, anyways, they're looking for a spider. And Diesel, what kind of spider is this? It is a Peruvian spider that has the peptides, which could theoretically cure a world of ailments. And on top of that, there's a mythology behind this spider. Uh, Ron, what what does this spider responsible for? Uh, for creating the first spider people. Yes, the Aranias. Aranias, yeah. I That's just it. folklore. She believes in science. Yes. They, they run across the treetops and they can <laughs> swing web to web and like they have super strength and they they don't they're kind of immortal and all that happy jazz, right? So she, you know, that gets brought up and then we get the f- first thing that Ezekiel Sims is fucking an evil prick is he goes back to the, to the hut, and he starts spying through her books and taking pictures on a little microfilm. Yeah. It's 1973. <laughs> but she, in the meantime, she comes back because she caught one of the spiders. And within 15 minutes of not knowing where they were at. Caught one of the spiders. And at this point in juncture, his true colors come out, don't they, Diesel? Fucking Ezekiel, she is all excited. She's got the spider in a jar. And all of a sudden, everybody around her starts getting shot down. <laughs> they did. I will say, pretty cool scene. That was a, actually... <laughs> It probably peaked there <laughs> for action. So we find out that he was also looking for the spider, but he was using her to get him closer to this. And he was looking for the spider because he wants to use it for its power. He can create an army full of uh, Aranyas of his own, or he can make himself an Aranya, which he does. <laughs> let's, let's skip ahead there. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm trying to wrestle it from her, which the the, the bad guy with a heart of gold I always hate. Like after he cold-bloodedly kills two people, he's trying to reason with her. Like, listen, I don't want to hurt you. You're pregnant. Yeah. Like That's pretty much what he's doing. You're just like... You just cold-bloodedly murdered two fucking people. Just shoot her. Call it a day. So he, they wrestle for a minute, and she actually is shot in the side. And as he makes it away with the spider, the Aranyas come. And they grab her up, and they take her back to their secret cave, and they put her in their bath. They even have one of the spiders bite her to try to save her, because we find out later they were trying to save both, which you can kind of figure anyways. They seem like good guys. Yeah. You can't tell exactly where she got shot, but you know it's... In, like, the abdomen, so we don't even know if the baby's going to make it. Yeah. So, in the meantime, the baby comes out in this pool, water birth, and the, the head of the Aranyas picks up the baby and, and you know, looks at the looks at her, who's, she's now reaching out for her child, and he's like, you know, she when, when, when she gets older, she'll have to, she'll have questions about her origin, and I'll be here to, I promise you, I'll be here to answer for her. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a hard life, but it'll, it'll be, it'll be a good life. Foreshadow. <laughs> right. Well, I love it. I, like, I love how he's like, it'll be a hard life, but it'll be a good life. I don't understand how he knows that. And of course, <laughs> as she goes to touch the baby, she dies. So now we fast forward to the year 2003, and uh, we have a reckless driving ambulance because Cassie Webb is grown up in her 30s, because obviously do the math, 30 years. Yep. And uh, her and her partner, Ben, are trying to save someone's life, and she's the driver, and she's reckless. She's, well, she's not reckless. She's doing her job she's trying to get from point a to point b to save this person's life and now (laughs) plot armor central comes in because as she's going she almost hits a youngster who ends up being young maddie who gives her the finger she's like who gives the finger to an ambulance (laughs) and then as they get to the hospital this young boy with his mother or this young boy with his father drew her a picture 
And it's because she was saving her mother's life. So therefore, he, he gives her a picture and then she sees Sidney Sweeney's character for the first time, Julia. Uh, so we're just foreshadowing the fuck out of this movie because shortly after she leaves to go home, she ends up seeing the, the other young lady <laughs> who's, who's being threatened to be evicted from her house for not paying. And of course, we're talking about Anya. So, yeah. Same apartment. Oh, maybe this will all tie together. This will be all webbed together. <laughs> oh, it gets better, Diesel, because they waste no time. Because during this scene, we in between where she goes to the apartment and sees the other girl, they have a scene where her and her partner, Ben, are, are getting ready. Or no, sorry, before they leave the hospital, she mentions that his name is what, Ron? Ben Parker. Yeah, Ben Parker. Diesel as in Uncle Ben Parker? Oh, uh, Yeah. So then they're eating Chinese food, and she's supposed to be going to a baby shower. By the way, spoiler alert, whose baby shower is she going to, Diesel? It's going to be Ben's sister-in-law, uh, Rebe- Mary, Mary, Mary Parker. Mary Parker. And her husband, by the way, who we never see, is named Richard Parker. Richard Parker, and he's out of the country right now, but she doesn't know anything about this. She's, she's not very maternal. She doesn't really know this Parker lady, so she's like, I really don't want to go. And they play a game where they're going to guess the name of the baby, and we never figure out the name of the baby because they never say it. But, Ron, what's the odds? What do you think this young bundle of joy's name is going to be? Miles? Oh, Miles <laughs> Morales? Oh, we found awesome shit from Mary. <laughs> Eddie Brock Parker? <laughs> no, Peter, no. Peter, Peter, Peter Parker. Peter. They tied somehow. They, they, they went... Ultra origin story on fucking Peter Parker. <laughs> and also, Ben at one point in this area says that, you know, he met somebody. Oh, what's her name? But he doesn't really quite say what this lovely lady's name is that he's got a fancy for. Ron believes that she said he said the name at some point. No. But I never heard the no, name. No, he, he didn't because they didn't. I, one of the reviews I was listening to, they're like, they never said it. And it was probably because they didn't get the rights to say that name, nor Peter. Oh, That's okay. probably why they didn't say it. makes sense. It makes sense. Because the, the, the scene you were thinking of, like he does, he says he has to go take care of Mary. So that's Mary May yeah. County Simular. But it's still all alluded to, right? So anyways, now that we've got this tiny bundle going on, we get into the meat and potatoes of this film. Because at some point in Juncture, they go to rescue people at the dock. In, in uh, I do believe it was the Bronx or Queens. Well, no, no. Before this, so before the party and all that, they go to try to rescue somebody who is overturned on a car, like on a bridge. And Ben gets the person out after she cuts the belt. She winds up trapped in the car, and the car goes into the drink because this is what sets it up all up. Because oh, she has the vision, the first visions. Yeah, like so, the spider webs instead yeah. of the cracking, and she's underwater, and then she comes back to life, and then she can see shit. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, man. And so as she's like getting checked out by her partner afterwards, like, you know, she, she was dead for three minutes, you know, he got her back. We get what can I only describe as what's going to wind up being spider sense where she plays the entire scene. And then because Sony fucking sucks, they go back and they play the scene again, but now she's got the chance to change things. This is how they portray spider sense. <laughs> I, I don't think it's spider sense because it is seeing in the future. Spider sense doesn't see you just get feel like there's danger, yeah. but she can actually see the future. We do learn that later <laughs> and she can fix it. 
I'm going to call it Final Destination sentence. Okay, okay. Because if you think about it, how they shoot this movie is how the opening scene of every Final Destination starts. <laughs> Somebody has a premonition, and then we go back, and then they go, oh, shit, that song is playing. This thing happened. Oh, yeah. shit, we got to get off this plane. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm going to call it Final Because think about it. Spider-Sense is just a warning that something's off. Like, you don't actually see. Peter Parker never sees the future. Spider-Man, nobody. She, her ability, Madam Web's ability, is to actually see the yeah, future. Yeah, she's clear. Now, they mind you, they don't, in this movie, they don't necessarily explain how far in the future she could see and they fuck it up a lot because sometimes it's really far sometimes it's really soon yeah. sometimes it's fucking weird and we'll get to that later because the, the, my big another big grape and if you're talking about a giant grape is I'm always big on when you establish you know we have to we have to allow the world to be built it's a story right but you have to establish rules in this world and once you establish the rules of the world if you break those rules then you fucked up yeah because everything has rules. Yes, it can be wacky, crazy, like Matrix or whatever. But there's rules. This movie says fuck the rules. Like it establishes rules and then it breaks the same rules over and over again in this plot yeah. armor of the movie. But yeah, so when they're at the baby shower, she has one of these things. And that's how we she starts to comprehend that she, something's weird here. Like we just had this conversation. It was the, the clairvoyance thing really didn't matter during the naming the baby's name but then she is debbie downer and says how you know her mother died during childbirth which <laughs> she left her little thing blank because they're saying about your thoughts of your mother you have no good thoughts of your mom well my mom died during childbirth and then she's like well that's not likely to happen i mean well you know it's like you know 30 percent chance <laughs> <laughs> so very awkward conversation at the baby shower <laughs> so anyways they get called to a uh, fire at this uh, fire we can find a, it's a fireworks factory that's unsafe and it's been a death trap for years by the way we find all this out reasons you know it, it, it's called plot armor foreshadowing uh, foreshadowing <laughs> which we also call plot armor uh so uh in the meantime she sees this vision of her boss o'neill dying and it's also her friend and uh, she doesn't want him to drive away, but he does. And then what happens, Ron? Gets side-smacked by a dump truck that was going to fall off the pier anyways. Yeah, it's going into a dead end off a of pier. But anyways, whatever. <laughs> and he dies. And he even did, it didn't even look like that big of an impact. The ambulance looks still intact. Yeah. So I don't understand how he dies from that, but whatever. They, they didn't want to actually ruin the ambulance they had in their budget. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like... So anyways, after he dies, she goes into her depression because, you know, you can't change the future. And that's the first time we see her change the future. How does she change the future for the first time in the dumbest way possible, Diesel? Well, she's microwaving popcorn. And she's watching old movies. She's watching uh, It's a Wonderful Life. or what She was watching the, Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. The Christmas so Carol. She was talking about how Scrooge is fucked because you can't yeah. change the past. But <laughs> as she's making the popcorn, she... She opens the door, she sets it down, hears a thud, and a pigeon slams into her window, and she drops the popcorn and breaks the grass bowl. Then all of a sudden, none of that's happened. She's going to the window, and she's like, the popcorn's still going. And she's like, oh, this this doesn't matter, but we'll, we'll, we'll just open up the window. Yeah. So then the pigeon flies in and doesn't <laughs> die. So this so. is the first time she changes history. <laughs> Fuck. So now she's like, okay, after getting the guilt trip, maybe I should go after all this to, to, to outside of town so that I can go to the, the boss's uh, funeral. Yeah. And uh, so she goes to the train station and just so happens at the train station, we get the three girls, Julia, Maddie, and Anya, all for different reasons, going on the same fucking train. 
Yep. And of course, she sees the vision, and her vision now is as each one of them gets on is seeing them being murdered by Ezekiel Sims, who we got to see prior to this has has nightmares. Ron, what is his nightmares about? Him getting killed by these three teenage girls. Well, not even teenage. They're adults no, at that point in Juncture, the film, and they're dressed like spider people. Yes. <laughs> he, he he doesn't know who they are, but he sees those those visions every night. So he can give these... Um, I die you, every night. How would you feel if you died every night and you got to see the people's face? He sounds like that when he talks. <laughs> and, of course, they were all redubbed, so his mouth does not match his sex. No. So, anyways, the girl that he seduced at an opera ends up being an NSA <laughs> agent out of nowhere. And uh, just so happens to carry her badge and her access to the computer on her keychain so he kills her with the venom because he can touch people and inject them with venom because he's a he's an arachnid person yeah he's, he's a spider-man he's got a spider suit and everything dude he his spider suit like uh, somebody needs to, somebody should have sued themselves from sony because tell me you did not get like like fucking spider verse vibes from that spider yeah suit. yeah like they definitely just ripped off their the prowler shit pretty much let's be honest so anyways, this, this son of a bitch, right, kills her, and then he has his own tech person out of nowhere, too, and he gives her the stuff, because now you can de-age them and use the facial yeah. recognition from NSA, and you can tell me where they are so I can kill them. And when she de-ages them to figure out where they are, she's like, these are just teenage girls. Like, when she figures <laughs> out where they are, the girl lady, so this lady is like, they're teenage girls. You shouldn't do this. It doesn't matter. They grow up to be my killer, <laughs> so I'm going to take them out now. And so he's answering the baby Hitler yeah, question. Flat out. I don't care if they're teenagers. They're played by 20-year-olds. It's baby Hitler, right? I ain't dying. <laughs> right. So, like, so she, she of course, is having, you know, like, fuck, this is wrong. And then, but she goes along with it because she doesn't want to get poisoned. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> fuck it. Why not? You know, who wants to get poisoned, right? So, anyways, she, so Cassie Webb, as these girls get on, she keeps seeing scenes of Ezekiel Sims, like, fucking them up and killing them on this train. Which, pretty badass, actually. <laughs> it wasn't. See, those were, but what happens isn't. <laughs> Because eventually she gets all the girls off the train. They go onto another train, and of course the, the chase is on. And nobody in this station <laughs> sees the guy that's crawling on, on the, the ceiling. ceiling in the weird fucking costume. They all think that that Cassie is kidnapping three girls. Yeah, it's the dumbest shit you'll ever see. Uh, they end up stealing a taxi cab. That's going to come into play hardcore, and she drives them to New Jersey, like a, a couple hours outside of town yep. in, in New Jersey, and. Drives them to the woods and just drops them off. And while they're sitting there, she has this epiphany while they're all talking. Like, oh, we've met each other before. You were the paramedic that was at the hospital. Oh, you're my neighbor. Oh, you're the one that gave you gave me the finger. Yada, yada, yada. We're putting it together. And then all of a sudden, one of them mentions, oh, he was crawling like a spider. And that pops in their head that, oh, my mom's old diary that I was reading earlier for no fucking reason but plot armor, it says stuff about spider people. Yeah. Well, well, not for no reason, because she actually took that fo- the picture that that little kid drew, folded it up, and put it in there. Because she does have a heart. She does have some family instinct, even though she was an orphan and in the foster system. Oh, also, she tells her stray cat that us strays have to stay together, which is going to come into play in a second. <laughs> That's also foreshadowing, Diesel. So anyways, we, we she goes back to her apartment, leaving these kids, and her only, with a stolen cab from New York City, her only answer is to take the license plates off the cab. And, and just tell these kids, stay here. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which they're hungry, and they're in the middle of the woods. Uh, hours from home. <laughs> so this lady goes back to read it, and then, of course, she gets the picture. She's like, oh, man, the bad guy is the guy that's in this picture with my mom. <laughs> Maybe these are Ranyos or people. By the way, she does try to, uh, I will say the funny part is when she tries to climb the wall. 
<laughs> that was kind of funny. I'll well, give credit. You know, I, I just, just chuckle. Just looks at the cat. We're not going to mention this to anybody. Well, how do you know you can climb walls if you've never tried it before? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> like Can't climb wall. Shit. Anyways, so by the time she comes back, where did the young girls go, Ron? They went to a diner that was just a couple miles down the road. Because they were fucking hungry. They were going to order everything. We find out that uh, Maddie is, her uncle's pretty loaded. Her parents are loaded. Her parents are loaded. Her uncle Jonah. I don't know if that's the Jonah. I don't know. But (laughs) Uncle Jonah is loaded. But also her parents are loaded. And they are in China right now where her dad is uh, buying big plastic factories to destroy the planet while her mom is buying hideous, expensive art. Uh, Sydney Sweeney says that tells us part of her story uh, that uh, her mom she left living with her mom to come live with her dad and her dad and her stepmom don't like her too much uh, they're basically making her live in a closet she's she's kind of Harry Potter let's be yeah. honest and then you know we don't find out the full story about Anya yet but she's basically says I've got it rough too yeah, yeah. So anyways, they go to this diner and then they start dancing the toxic on tables and shit and in the meantime which this is how so uh, Julie gets convinced to, you know, take off her, not take off, but tie off her schoolgirl shirt. She's wearing a skirt. They dance on this table with, we're assuming it's high school boys. And what took me out of the movie, none of the boys are looking up at all. No one's trying to get an upskirt. Everybody was just Everyone's just having a conversation while two bitches are dancing on a table. And then also three three bitches. (laughs) Diesel, you're using bitches of pejorative. You don't do that. I'm joking. (laughs) So anyways, in the meantime, Sims has now got like, oh shit, they're they're caught on video. So I know where they are. Let's go get them bitches. And then Cassie comes back and finds that they're not where she left them. So she starts following the trail and she ends up at the diner. And when she goes in the diner, all of a sudden, spider dude Sims is there in his spider costume. And then he kills everybody. And you're just like, oh, wait a minute. It's just a vision. (laughs) So what does she do then to rectify the vision? Well, so then we go back in time to present time. And she's still at the little, we'll call it campsite where the girls start at. Hops in the car. And what took her, you know, a couple miles to walk, she has to do in the matter of the length of the song Toxic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which made no sense because now time is getting messed up. But as she's going through, she's driving up to the diner because she knows exactly where they are. And she gets there just in the nick of time because Ezekiel is there in full getup, getting ready to strike these women down. And she drives this cab right through the diner and smashes into him. In a stolen cab, by the way. <laughs> so then she gets the girls, gets in the cab, they get away, and they go to a motel with their banged up, stolen. <laughs> like, nobody's looking for the, the cab that drove through. And- they took off the license plate. How else can you track it? <laughs> you know, there's no medallion numbers or anything like that. Or, hey, there's a cab with no license plates. Maybe we should check this out. Well, so, you, know, the, you know, the other fact that it was actually a trucker reading the Daily Bugle. Yeah. But it was the night version of Daily Bugle, obviously, because everything happened that morning. And then all of a sudden there was a night edition, I guess, because in 2003 we're still having night editions of newspapers. Well, the internet wasn't as big back then. (laughs) So uh, getting back on track, they go to this motel and this is where we find out everybody's sad sob story and the strays thing comes into play. Because Maddie's like, hey... Yeah, my parents are rich, but they don't fucking want me. That's why they, they, they think I ruined their lives. That's why they do things. Just leave me with a fucking housekeeper. Good news is I get no curfew. <laughs> and then Anya's like, well, you're not the only one with no curfew. My dad got deported six months ago. <laughs> so we can't go to the cops because I don't want to get deported. I got to make it till I'm 18. 
And then Sydney Sweeney finally goes, well, my mom's in a, or well, Julia, sorry. My mom's in, a, in an institution. She went mental afterwards, and that's why I'm forced to live with my dad, but they definitely don't like me. Yeah. So I, I was going to run away to try to see if they even gave a fuck, and I don't think they do. So basically, it's like she's got all these strays, and she's still going to leave them, by the way, but then it's just a dream as, as she's back at the diner having a conversation with Ezekiel Sims, and then the next morning, she teaches them how to do CPR and stuff before realizing, hey... I gotta go to fucking Peru. Also, no no reason. She's like, hey, it's important that you learn how to do CPR. Foreshadowing, plot armor. But for no reason, no basis for like, hey, I'm gonna teach you guys this really quick. Yeah. Just, it's, really, it's gonna be really important that you know how to do this. So she calls good old well, Ben Parker. It, because of the venom. Oh, yeah, the venom, venom gets to the heart. You got to keep them alive by giving them CPR. That'll help them stay alive till you can get them to the hospital. But it's that's the, the po- that's the plot armor of that whole plot armor. So, so she gets good old Ben Parker to come pick up the girls, and he knows just the place to take her because he's got to go and stay with Mary because Richard's out of town again, and she's pregnant and can pop at any time. So he takes the girls with him back to Queens to his sister-in-law's house, and she goes to Peru because. And she, by the way, she drives to the airport in her stolen cab. cab. She parks that motherfucker obviously a long-term parking because she's gone for a week. We find that out after the fact because Ezekiel Sims, while she's going to Peru in between this, after the Peru scenes, he goes, "We haven't seen those girls in." a week you can't find them with all that facial recognition like that, that by the way that is how he talks yeah and mind you ben's sister-in-law who's pregnant might not appreciate your brother-in-law coming back hey i gotta bring these three teenage girls to stay with us I'm sorry. Any respectable person with a brain is calling the cops right By there. the way, when we when we <laughs> see them again, they're making a mess of the house by throwing having a popcorn fight with a, in a pregnant lady's house when her water breaks. This is a, this, We're jumping ahead a little bit. Because we go to Peru. Let's forget the fact that she may be a fugitive from the law, still gets on a plane. By the way, this is post-9-11 world. Nope. Where you, <laughs> we have the plane, NSA. It's not like back in the 80s where you could pay ga- cash at the, uh, the gate and give them a fake name and you're on your way. No. This is TSA, post NSA, 9/11. post-9-11. That shit don't fly. And you're going to South America, which is a drug haven, uh, so you might be a mule. So they're definitely paying attention to you, right? So, and by the way, she never says she has a passport. Where the fuck she get her passport from? Because you're going to Peru, you need a passport. Anyways. To, to be fair, also in the beginning, massive plot point, she was born in Peru, technically, but lived in the foster system in America. How did the fuck did she get from Peru back to America? Also, did you notice that suitcase had a Peruvian birth certificate? I just started throwing that out there, too. Anyways. <laughs> yep. Anyways. So she goes to Peru, and of course, she meets that leader who said that, hey, eventually she's going to have questions, and I'll be there to answer them. Because of her great detective skills, because she's using her mother's photos and comparing them to the trees in front of her, so she knows she's on the right path. I just love when he shows up, I knew you would come someday. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, he takes her to uh, this cave where, you know, she was born. And he explains, you know, sometimes you have to look to the past. And he knocks her soul out of the body, a la (laughs) Dr. Dr. Strange. And she falls into the pool, like her soul does, or whatever you want to call her, her essence, whatever. And she starts seeing the past. So she sees how her mom died, and Ezekiel Sims, you know, was responsible. She sees how she was born, and then she was like, why does my mom hate me? And then she goes back, and Diesel, this is what really pissed you off, so I want to go. So she goes back <laughs> to a doctor's appointment that her mom had before going to Peru, and what happens? The, the mother finds out that the daughter has some terrible condition. She's not going to make it. The, the, the baby will not have a long expectancy. 
and she refuses to take that as the answer. There are peptides out in the wild that could solve this, and she will stop at nothing to make sure her baby is safe. So we have the moment where you did want me and love me, and I've been mad and blamed you, and she hugs her <laughs> astral projection mother before coming back to reality. And then we get the line. We get the line <laughs> for this movie, though. Where she's basically like, listen, I don't have any of that cool wall climbing shit or strength or anything. And that's when uh, the leader of the Aranias goes, well, you're very powerful because your gift is different than other people's gift. Your gift is actually one that's very important because if, as you learn the powers of it, uh, you will realize how strong you are because you can actually project to the future and project yourself elsewhere and actually change things. And he goes, you'll know how to do this when the time is right because... When when there's when you have great responsibility, you will then get great power. <laughs> Can I make that shit up? No. Nope. So instead of <sighs> with great power comes great responsibility, we got you will have great responsibility when you get great power. So she comes back to the states. By the way, drives. But in the meantime, the girls were at the house and Mary's water breaks, so they have to go take her. And then somehow the greatest camera of all time in the year 2003 catches their faces. So now Ezekiel's on to them. In the meantime, she's coming back to the house to check on the girls. In the cab. In her stolen cab. <laughs> with no the, license plates. Parks in the driveway. Parks in the driveway. And it just so happens that the ambulance that they originally called, even though they left the fucking house, shows up. So she steals the ambulance. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, she does say sorry, though. And she's chasing it down, but because she can see the future now, and she had that conversation, not training, conversation, as it looks like Ezekiel Sims is going to get our people, she drives the cab through one of the, the no, they do have those internals, the ambulance, sorry. Mind you, it worked once before when she drove a cab through a diner. Let's go back to that same well as she drives through the side of a building's billboard and crashes into Ezekiel. Yeah, they have these weird parkways in New York City which do exist, and it actually comes through, so she just happens to know that's where they're going to be. Yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> and it just happens to be the right trajectory and the right speed. But anyways, uh, that's what stops Ezekiel. So she grabs the girls and gets them in the, the ambulance, and she basically tells uh, Ben, hey, as long as the girls aren't with you, he ain't going to fuck with you. And he doesn't. Instead of, you know, you think he would take a hostage that meant something to her, instead he walks right by. Like, what fucking movie are we watching? <laughs> you know, you know, like how in the comics and in the movies, Aunt May, when people find out Spider-Man's identity, they target the people close to them. Well, I know I'm after these these women here. I know this person has been harboring them. He's an easy target as you're getting away. Maybe I could use that to my advantage. No, no, no. Well, you guys aren't needed anymore because we're over this way. Yeah. Made zero sense. <laughs> so then she's having visions of what's going to happen. So she goes and her plan is we're going to go into this building, that same death trap fireworks building. And we're going to light some of the fireworks for a distraction so we can get to the to the roof. And then he's going to try to get us, but I know how to defeat him. And you guys are going to jump on this helicopter, and we're going to live happily ever after. So they're going through and just lighting flares and throwing them on the crates of fireworks. Because in this time that she went from Peru to back America, we know that she's going to be in full control of this clairvoyance. So by, the way, power. by the way, things change, though. 
Things are different, a little different, uh, i.e. some shit falls that shouldn't fall. They have an obstruction to get there. The helicopter's there, but they have to get to where the helicopter is. And then when Ezekiel comes up out of the, the roof, where she didn't see the full scene, she just saw him coming out of the roof, uh, that causes the, the, a, a thing to go flying into the helicopter and crash the helicopter. Yeah. So now... So now that shit's, that plan's gone to shit. So now she's trying to get him to go up on this Pepsi sign because she knows that at some point a fireball is going to hit the S and it's going to fall a certain way. So if she can get him in the area, it's going to fuck him up. So I give her credit, right? So as she, she she's doing this, he's not no idiot. He tries to get her. She's got her cornered and the girls now are going to fight. Mind you, they don't have any powers. I mean, we know we saw in the late future when they kill when they kill him, they had powers, but they've never gotten powers in this movie, and they're not even superheroes or in suits. It's Baby Hiller. They haven't developed yet. So, so, but they're trying to fight back, and he's getting rid of all, and it looks like they're all going to, hey, they're dangling, they're going to die, and he goes, you can't save them all. And all of a sudden, in her mind, she hears, when great, when great responsibility comes, you will have great power. And then she just... Astro projects three of herself to go save the young ladies. In the meantime, after he lets her save the young ladies, because I think he's dumbfounded, then he finally punches her in the gut, which the lady, the young girls are saved, but she goes flying back, and it looks like she's going to eat it, as she's trying to get him into fucking position, and she finally does. And the thing happens, and it falls, but... And I love... We have to get the lie from her. Yeah, what you saw of your death, that wasn't real. This is, though. The whole time you were worried about them... You should have been worried about me. I was your future. Oh, yeah. I was your future. By the way, which is worse? I just wanted to be friends or I was your future? (laughs) I just wanted a friend. I was your future, hands down. So he falls to his death like he saw in his premonition, but not how he saw it. So he's dead. He did. Uh, But unfortunately, she also falls too, but just so happens to fall in the water again because... But you're not safe in the water because a stray firework goes in and explodes in her face. Yeah, right in her face for reasons. We'll get to that in a second. And then the the meek girl who couldn't lift her arm for anything, Julia, she swims down and she pulls her up. And then that, that CPR diesel that you didn't know why she taught her. She taught them because even before her clairvoyance, she knew that they were going to have to perform CPR <laughs> and trade off because they were going to get tired to yeah. bring her back to life. But Ron, when she comes back to life and she opens her eyes, how do her eyes look? Oh, there she's blinded. She's now blind. So we go to the hospital scene and we see Mary with her new baby. And we see Ben and the baby is healthy. And they still don't say the name because you're probably right. So I'm going to get their ass sued. Yeah. And uh, then they go to the other room. And in the other room, we have our three girls, and we have uh, we have Cassie in bed with her eyes covered, but she's never been able to see clearer. And that she loves them all. And when the nurse comes in, Diesel, the nurse says, are you guys direct relatives? Because the only direct relatives can be in here. What does she say to them, Diesel? Much like Remember the Titans. Can't you see? This is my family. They're, they're all mine. All three of them are mine. So Black, then, Latino, and white. All yeah. mine. I, I, I'm the UN of taken tick. And they're all similar ages. So crazy, isn't it? So the last scene we get, and I, I got to love this scene, and I, I'm going to tell you why. And, and I love this scene for all the wrong reasons. She's back in her apartment now. The three girls come up with takeout food. She's in full clairvoyant, but she's sitting in a wheelchair that is powered by her mind, much like a certain... Doctor Professor Xavier, right? 
And she's looking out a window that similarly looks like Doctor Strange's window. Yep. So they just mixed two <laughs> MCU standpoints for this chick who we've just met. And she mind goes over and she's talking to them about things because she can see their futures. And like the dickhead move here is they talk about like, oh, Ben is like, they're, they're saying, oh, Ben's fine. You know, she's loving being an uncle because it's all the funds of being a parent, but none of the responsibility. And she goes, oh, he will have a great responsibility. <laughs> and I'm like, this bitch can see the future. So that means she can see he's going to die. She's not giving her a boy a heads up. That's bullshit. You know what? Him giving the dick to May and not her, that's her <laughs> oh, revenge. There was some weird sexual tension between those two. <laughs> and we end the movie where they're, they're like, are we going to grow up to be special or whatever? And she's like, and then we get the scenes of them fighting in their spider men or women or whatever. Spider uniforms. And she's like, you're all going to be very strong and smart and special and you're going to change the world. And then, of course, we get the projection of her and her astral vision of her with her superhero suit and all of them before the end of the fucking movie. Cue the cranberries. <laughs> exactly. Cue dreams by the cranberries. And that's the end of the movie, folks. Uh, I know we, we, we went in deep here, so I don't think we have to do a lot. So we'll just mix some lice into it. Is there anything I missed, Ron, that you would like, like or dislike wise? Uh, like, yeah. I didn't I didn't mind the girls' costumes. I really didn't. Um, So uh, Maggie's costume looked like shit. With, I, I, it just looked weird. Uh, Ms. Marvel Julie's costume shooting light blast looked blatantly like a ripoff. It looked like a ripoff of fucking Photon, which we're doing yeah. in MCU right now. <laughs> uh, I, I will disagree with you. All the costumes look like shit, dude. <laughs> uh, me and, me and me. In the total minute time of the movie that we saw them in costume. Mind you, <laughs> mind you, you see them between the two things that yeah, happen. It's like, like a minute. Minute and a half, maybe two tops. It's less than a minute. <laughs> And so, so I will say this, me and Diesel's first thing was like, they, they look like the costumes from like the early years of CW shows where the costumes look like shit. <laughs> it's I like, mean, if you liked them, that's fine. I'm just saying, I, I thought. They no, I get it. Shit. I can understand. It's like when they introduced Green Arrow into Smallville. It's that level good. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like in an actual arrow. It's like when they bring in uh, what's his name is like the red arrow looking thing. I forget what the actual name was. Roy or whatever. Right. Yeah. Speedy. Yeah. What, it was like Speedy's level of costume it looked like. <laughs> yeah. So not good. So anything else on yours, Ron? Other than that, really nothing, because there's really nothing else in this movie. That Diesel, I likes or dislikes? Just throw them out there. So I, I could be the troll and say what I've said in our group chat when I was trolling, saying how, you know, it wasn't that bad. The only thing that I actually liked in this movie was Adam Scott as Ben. I really I liked Adam Scott. I liked his character. That's just because I like him in so many other things. Right. Um, the girls, I think all did fine. Yeah. Um, I think they all did fine too. I'm going to say the acting was fine in this movie for the most part. The, cause none of this, the stuff that I have a problem with was that fault of the actors. Yes. Cause even like with the Ezekiel Sims character, I didn't have any faults with him. It was just they redubbed his voice, yes. and they didn't do it to his lip movements, and it looked fucking terrible, and it sounded terrible. Because they basically they basically made him sound like Batman. Yep. Yeah. Like you, because like I mean I remember this is Batman, but he's like literally like these girls they're going to kill me, and he really has that weird fucking voice. It's yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's it fucking. It, but the dubbing takes you out too. Yeah. So for whatever reason they redubbed his voice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm assuming he delivered the lines normally because when we first meet him in Peru, he has a normal sounding voice. And then when we see him again in the future or present day, I should say, or well, 2003, so it's still the past. And he, however you look at it, his voice is now fucking like villain deep and weird. Well, yeah. 30 years of those peptides from that spider will do that to your <laughs> vocal cords. Bullshit. 
<laughs> it's just fucking yeah. weird, man. So there's, there's like a lot of decisions. Like, and I, I will say this to credit things, the acting is not on them. The script was shit. Yeah, the script yeah. Like, it's real not bad. on them. Their lines, they deliver the lines the way that they were supposed to be delivered. You could tell. No. So I can't blame them. I can blame the screenwriters because that's their problem. Uh, also, I thought that I said this to you coming out of it. Uh, Diesel, I mean, so I'm using my pronouns. Uh, there's, there is times in this movie where you're like, wow, the CGI is good. Like for the most part, some from some of the shit we've seen, we're looking at you, Flash. Uh, fucking the CGI in this yeah. movie was actually good. The cinematography in this movie, it was shot nice. It was shot good. There was some choices. <laughs> there was some choices, but like for the most part, I would say eighty percent of this film is shot well. Twenty yeah. percent, there was some choices. <laughs> So instead of, you know, like the J.J. Abrams lens flare, they love to go to the rotating shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Which yeah. was not really I'm well gonna, done. I'm going to call it the time shot. Because <laughs> that's how you knew that you were going back in time. Yeah. <laughs> we saw the future. Now we're going back to the present. Anyways, yeah. uh, so, like, it was weird. So, yes, there is some choices. But I'm going to say 80% of the movie looked fine. Like, let's be honest. Uh you know, so that would mean, you know, so it's just the story sucked. And you could tell it was a story that was disjointed. You could tell this was not their first option. But un, unlike movie where you would rewrite the script, I think all they fucking did was go, we're going to shoot this thing and then we're just going to change and post. Not call in for reshoots. We're just going to dub and change and post and cut out and edit out the things that we don't. Because there's, there's parts of this movie that are so disjointed and there's just large swaths of the movie where nothing happens. Yeah. My, my biggest takeaway is even in, in most superhero movies that are bad, the, something that saves them from not being a one or you know even a two sometimes is just the action scenes. This movie's action scenes, with the exception of like the death scene that never happens... And that's even fleeting. That was the only one that I thought was any cool was that fight scene between the three girls when they're superheroes and Ezekiel Sims. And that never happens in real life. But I thought that was the only one. And like Diesel just said, that's less than a minute long. Yeah. So other than that, every other scene because of the time thing and everything doesn't look like a normal fight scene. It's so disjointed and fucked that you can't. I mean, the scene where he kills him on the train is pretty cool, too. Yeah. You know, even the one in the diner is not bad. But, like, they're not real fight scenes. They just, like, there's a couple cool scenes, and that's it, but not enough to, like, really... You just sat here for for almost two hours, literally four minutes shy of two hours, and nothing mattered at the end of the day. You got no answers. We didn't move the story forward. We don't see how they get superpowers. We just know they're going to get them. Yep. It's just wild to me. Yeah, and then the, the two scenes where she does fight back and stop him before actually stopping him with the P from the Pepsi sign. It's the same thing. Hit him with a cap. Hit him with an ambulance. Yeah. Like, and I grant she doesn't have superpowers, but you could do something a little more tricky to get yeah. the girls out of that situation than relying on hit and runs. <laughs> Pretty much. Or stealing shell. Or, or the one time they get him off the ceiling by hitting it with the fucking clear pad. Yeah. dunk, And he gets electrocuted. Bullshit. Yeah. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> Anyways. That's our takes. That's the full spoiler full. Now, before we can give our scores, though, we have to give the scores around the internet, and you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> 
That's right, it's time to play the game, and Ron is back, but Diesel, he still kept his crown last week, so he's up 4-2 on the year total. The game is simple. We're going to take scores from around the internet. The two gentlemen are going to guess them. The closest to the number, not Price is Right rules anymore, just the closest to the number gets the point. First of three points wins. If there's a tie, then the tie goes to the winner from the previous week uh, because the championship cannot change hands on a tie. So that's how I figured out how we deal with ties because it can happen. If we figured that out real quick, <laughs> it can happen. All right, so with that being said, let's play the game. Gentlemen, you ready? Let's Wait. go. All right, Ron, you are the challenger. You get to go first. IMDb out of 10 using points. What did they give Madam Web? 34. Diesel? 35. 3.5. So 3.5, 3.4, and Diesel was a dickhead. 3.8 out of 10. <laughs> Diesel gets a point. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, Diesel's up one nothing. Diesel, you get to go first here. Metacritic? Out of 100%, what did they give Madam Web? Oh, there's no way critics like this. 15%. Ron. 17. 15, 17, and Ron returns the favor. 27%. Next up is going to be the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Ron, you go first. Out of 100%, what did the Rotten Tomatoes critics give Madam Web? 28. Diesel. 18. 28, 18, and Diesel gets the point, 13%. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I would like to point out Diesel's up two to one. Next one could win it, and you do go first, Diesel, and that would be the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, what did the fans at Rotten Tomatoes give Madam Web? 28. Ron? 29. Oh. 28, 29. Does that keep Ron alive? It does. 55%, by the way. Oh, Jesus Christ. Stupid people. 55%. So we're tied 2-2. Going into the final question, that, of course, would be Letterboxd. Out of five using points, what did they give it? Ron, you go first. What did they give Madam Web? 2.8. 2.8. Diesel. In my head, I'm just thinking a solid two. So two and 2.8. So who's got it? We do know we have a winner. So... And your winner, and still champion, Diesel, 1.6 out of 5. <laughs> this is the lowest letterbox I, one that I've seen oh, so far. I, I didn't know how low to go. <laughs> I just knew Diesel was going to go lower than I was going to yeah. go. Diesel is now leading this series 5-2 to two on the year. It's still early, Ron. you got no, plenty he, of time. He's got, he's got it all year. you got plenty of time to come back, Ron. Don't you worry. I'll have it all year. Oh, you're going to come back like Morbius did in the theaters. <laughs> it's it's Ron in time. <laughs> going to come back like a Morbius on a Game Boy. He's going to come back like herpes when you don't take your Valtrex. Oh, <laughs> anyways, with that being said, now that we found out the scores from around the internet, it is now time to give our scores, finally. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And of course, we give our nerd score, which is a, it's basically a recommendation score. We use our critic score mixed with an entertainment score to come up with that score. Uh, so that means that even if the movie is terrible, if it was entertaining enough, it can bump it up on the nerd scale and vice versa. Uh, of course, the nerd scale has five parts and five parts only. And they are as follows. A one is a no. That means it's terrible. You should never see it. Yeah, just terrible. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible. 
but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to see it. A three is, ah, it's good. These are average films. Uh, you know what? You're not going to mind seeing them, but you're probably not going to watch them again. Definitely not going to add them to your collection or any of that. And you, if they're in the theater, you might as well just wait until it's on a uh, streaming service. A uh, four is just take my money. These are the, the good to very good movies. These are movies that you can feel free to spend money and go see in the theater. Uh, you might even add them to your collection. You might even add them to a rotation. Maybe not like a yearly one, but you know, you want to have it there. Uh, you probably watch it multiple times even. That's another uh, tiebreaker for these ones usually. Uh, so you saw it in the theater. Maybe you'll see it when it's streaming as well because it wasn't bad. It was, you know, good to very good. And then last but certainly not least is the rarefied air known as Certified Nerd. These are in the, in the five slot. They are the legendary films. These are movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park. These are movies you're going to see in the theater. When they re-release them in the theater, you're going to see them again. You're going to probably put them in your rotation and watch them every so often. You're going to add them to your collection. You might even add them to your collection multiple times because they are the classics. They are the creme de la creme. All right. With that being said, gentlemen, and I don't think we're going to get anywhere near five. So uh, I already know what button I'm Combined. not pushing. <laughs> so with that being said, gentlemen, it's time to give your nerd score. Starting with you, Ron, what's your nerd score for Madam Web and why? It's a one. Oh, hell no. I've been fluctuating between one and possibly a two, but there's no way this movie is a two in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's Sony just doing stupid as Sony does. It, they just completely botched everything that they could have tried to have accomplished in this story. I mean, there is possibly a good Madam Web story out there. Sony just didn't do it. All right. Diesel, it is now time for your score for Madam Web and why. This is certifiably a one. Oh, hell no. This movie, it took characters nobody cared about, nobody wanted, and dragged it through. Midway through the movie, I'm sitting there taking those extended uh, blink breaks. I was <laughs> like, I could just doze off right now. Like, nothing happens. It's not tied to any other universe that we know of, nor do we want it to be tied to another universe. Don't even bother. I'm going to say this, and not even we're not even going to go for dramatic. I'm also at a one. Oh, hell no. Trifecta of ones. Uh, <laughs> listen, the the worst part of this movie is halfway through this movie, I was like, shit, I should just leave. I should just hit Iggy Diesel, and we just can fucking go, and we can make up the rest. But I'm like, I have to review it. I have to give it its proper due. Uh, listen, uh, some people are like, you got to go in with a clear mind and not expectations. The bar for this movie was set so fucking low that it wouldn't have had to do much to jump that bar. And it's still somehow... Somehow I tripped over that fucking bar. Yeah. I don't understand how that's even possible. And then you know what's even worse? I fucking have come to the realization when I was talking to Ron earlier that we still have two more Sony pictures <laughs> to see this fucking year. Two more. We still have Venom 3 and Craven the Hunter, and I don't think it's going to get any better. I just throw that out there. At least Diesel gets to see Tom Hardy, and he has a big man crush on Tom Hardy. I'm actually... Again, bar is low, but I have... Maybe it's a masochist in me. A glimmer of hope for Craven. Okay. Uh, I'm a, uh, by the way, on my critic score, I give it a 3 out of 10. Uh, I am giving it credit for some of the technical side of things. I'm giving it credit because I think the actors did what they could do. Uh, but like after that, between the storytelling, you have a director and five screenwriters, a cinematographer, and you know God who knows who else is in you know producers, et cetera, et cetera. And nobody who's while this is being filmed is going, what is the point of this movie? Are we going away from a point? Do we have a point? That is a problem. So this is an epic failure on everybody above. I don't place it on the actors. I don't place it on the people shooting the movie for the most part. It is literally on the creative forces, and that's where it is. And unfortunately, that's what happens when you hire people to write screenplays who have done nothing but write trash, 
And you're probably going to do it again, unfortunately, because it's fucking Sony. Yeah. There it is. So with that, those are our scores in review of Madam Web. That'll do it for this week's 3FN Movie Club. Of course, next week, we are going back in the Wayback Machine 20 years to the year 2004. So a year after this movie takes place, by the way. And we are going to be talking about the nerd classic fanboys. Can't wait to see if that holds up. I guarantee it's way better than fucking Madam Web. <laughs> Just from my memory alone. So with that being said, if you would like to give you us your scores, and if you have differing ones or the same ones for Madam Web, hit us up on the social medias or hit us up on the contact us. It's simple. Just go to uh, just go to 3FNpodcast.com. You can also go to nerdinitiative.com. We do have an article up for it, but uh, 3FN... You know, 3FNpodcast.com will take you to our social link, so please go there. Uh, before we go, Ron, you have some business to attend to. One out of ten sorrows. Horribly glorifies active shooters. This used to be be a favorite film of mine that I rewatched every six months or so. The intriguing plot, the imaginative construction, Arnold's S limited acting abilities give, given a chance to shine, and Linda Hamilton's screen presence made it a surefire winner for me. However, when I happily put the DVD in my player tonight and we settled down to watch again, enjoy this classic, I was startled by one scene. I now found it totally turn off. This is when the Terminator is let loose with a bunch of assault weapons in the police department. He horrifyingly, realistically plays the part of an active shooter going from room to room killing innocent people. We see the terror of Lyndall Hamilton's interaction who thinks her last moment has come the film reveals in this extended sequence it's only february of this year 2023 and the news has daily reports of active shooters wrongly slaughtering helpless people with assault weapons in our schools and shooting malls terminator is not a documentary it is an entertainment movie which glorifies and portraying an active shooter in action it made me think of the children at the elementary schools in Udval who were forced with such a situation and I took no pleasure in watching it. At the end of the film, I took my DVD and shredded it. Key, you just said, at the end of the film. So he finished watching it. I never want to go through this visual experience again. There have been too many active shooters in real life to make them something to watch for entertainment purposes. One out of ten stars. The Terminator just sucks people. First of all... Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. And second, before I turn it over to Diesel, um, I, I want to say this, Ron. You picked a hell of a week. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously we had a situation. What are you talking about? Again, it's not being reported. Uh, a situation. Yeah, yeah. What? We're, well, it, we're not going to touch it. We had a situation. Uh, and I just want to say this. I don't think Terminator was responsible for that neither. Uh, but... I will say from Diesel's own uh, point of juncture, uh, you're not allowed to talk about these things on podcasts when they happen. Diesel got very stern words somewhere else before. <laughs> so you're putting him in a weird spot because I know he's about to say something. So Diesel, go ahead. You're take the floor. Well, obviously, they're fictional characters. Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. <laughs> I, I understand the, the, the pandering woke mind, but at least if you're going to do that... Be a cap, fucking. You're you're talking in 2016 terms of active shooter. This was a fucking movie for Christ's sake. You're not rooting for Arnold at this point. You want to be terrified of Arnold at this point. He is not a beacon of hope in humanity. That's the exact opposite of it. And how you go from being like, I love this movie. It was great. 
<laughs> but, you know, it was an active shooter. The fuck are and, you on? I would like this guy's takes on Nightmare on Elm Street. I would like this guy's take on any Michael Bay film. <laughs> I, I get it if you're just like... You're you're sensitive to movies and like you can't watch stuff based in history. You can't watch Schindler's List. You can't watch any movies about the Holocaust. That I understand. That's a personal personal preference. You don't want to get, you know, you're gonna get triggered by that. But it's a fucking Terminator, dude. What the fuck? Well, he, Terminator, but Terminator he even one. in his review stated that he finished watching it, then shredded the DVD. So he had to get that last watch. In. I just to that you know what this reads to me? This reads to me, my girlfriend is a little more socially progressive than I am. I showed her the movie that I like, and halfway through, she just started fucking bitching at me. And I was like, well, I'm never going to be able to watch this again unless I don't want to get laid. And then I shredded it in solidarity, brother. <laughs> and he probably, depending upon when that was written, he's probably already replaced it with a Blu-ray copy. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like, listen, I get it. We don't like to get political on the show, but no. we'll say this. The savagery and shit that happens in this country has nothing to do with movies. I know we like to correlate it to movies and video games. It, the, the realism is, is this. Let's look at uh, another country who has very violent television and movies and very violent games, actually more than us. That would be Japan. They have a fraction, a fraction of the murders in their country. A fraction. Yeah. And they have very few mass murders okay. or multiple killings in a, in a row. Very few. I'll let you be the decider. It's not the media that's consumed. There's a lot of other factors. I'm not going to dive into the politics in it, but you know, I'll give you the big one. Mental health. There's a lot of people who need help and they can't get in this country, unfortunately, because we keep gutting the system. That's my only political statement about this. And you can decide however you want to fix it. I'll tell you this. The reason I don't waste my breath anymore is after Newton happened, after it was okay for little kids to be murdered, nothing was ever going to change in this country. And so I don't waste my breath. Right. I'm just going to throw it out there. That is my, that's as political as I want to get about it. But let it be clear that it's not the Terminator that caused people to do this. It's not Batman that caused people to do this. It's not the Matrix that caused people to do this. It's none of that shit that you watch on the silver screen or you play. It's not GTA that causes people to do this. It's none of that stuff. It is literally a decision made by a human being and usually a broken human being. And it's disgusting that we can't get those people to help. So that's my statement on it. Uh, any Anybody want to finish it up besides the fact that don't blame fictional characters? <laughs> Just describing fucking the Terminator as an active shooter. No shit, that's what he was there to do. I would more consider him a mass murderer because uh, it wasn't really an active. No, he shooter. was active at the time. He was actively shooting. <laughs> right, but he was he was on a mass murder trip. Because think about it, he killed like fifteen Sarah Connors before he found the right one. Because remember, the answer was we don't know where Sarah Connor is. We just know her name. Kill them all. <laughs> Those cops just got away in, in, in the way of his mission. Yep. Listen, he was a soldier on a mission. <sighs> Can't blame that machine. He was just doing his job. The machine was doing its job, damn it. You said, what are you going to blame the AI for, okay? God damn. Do not piss off our new overlords or that will be the future that we all live, you assholes. That is going to be the future we all live. Anyways. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> hopefully you guys had some fun. Even with that, hopefully it was a great time. We'll be back next week when we jump in that Wayback Machine to review Fanboys from 2004. But until then, for myself, for the guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerd. Later. With great responsibilities comes great powers. The Terminator just sucks people. Be- <laughs>
Back.